podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Trampled Bet Podcast, season four, week two for Saturday, August 21st, 2021. I am your host, Andy Vaughan, and with me, as always, is Gordo. How are you, Gordo? I'm excellent. How are you? Yeah, fine. Thanks, mate. And our guest from last week, but also the show's producer, Mr. Gary Black. How are you, Gary? I I guess you're doing quite well. Yeah. You had quite a good week last week. I mean, to be honest with you, my my weeks flew in quite quickly. It doesn't feel like a week ago since I was panicking, searching for some games. (laughs) Uh, John Walker's been extraordinarily quiet about it. He has. Been quite confident. Considering uh, quite pleased. Considering you you landed so many good picks, it's it's concerning to hear nothing from John. But I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm pretty sure he's up there thinking about us. Rip. Um, (laughs) He's not dead. Let's get let's get that straight. Might as well be. Yeah, to me he is. Um, But yeah, so do you want to start with yours then, Andy, and then we can go into my train wreck. Let's run through uh, those successful picks. So obviously it was week one because it's week one of the English Premier League season and we had a wee bit of a break, but um, we go global and try and find the best picks in each of the categories that we do for you. So my banker was in Japan. It was the Yokohama F Marinos against Oita. I took Yokohama F Marinos for a a home win at odds of three to 10. Nice solid banker odds. They won 5-1. Absolutely dominating display. Um, Doesn't get more bankery than that. Does not. Uh, if you're looking for something on the same vein, I took Borussia Dortmund versus Frankfurt, and we did mention that they absolutely love doing Frankfurt, and they did. They went out and they won five two. You'd have been paid out in this game like twenty six minutes in, like, and that was that was even considering that they'd conceded. They went up three one at that point. So uh, yeah, I, I got that one to two. So it was pretty pretty decent odds there. Decent odds. Another five goals in. So yeah. there you go. That's uh, what, 10-3 combined yeah. scoreline between our two bankers. And then Gary, to top off the banker treble of last week. Yeah, for my banker, I took Benfica to beat uh, newly promoted Aruka. Uh, Aruka got a player sent off in the eighth minute of the game, uh, scored two goals towards the end of the first half, uh, easily in the bags, coasted the second half, easy in. Love it. Treble in. All, all three bankers of the first season in, and that's what we always try and do. Um, you want you want that banker treble to come in, and then we roll on to the value picks, where we think there is a bit of value in the price being offered by the bookies in a game that perhaps um, has been slightly mispriced, or we certainly see value um, in, in taking one of the sides. And that game for me was the Kashima Antlers versus Tokushima Vortis. In the Japanese J-League, I took a home win for the Antlers because they've been excellent of late and they obliged and won 3-0 at odds of 4-6. to six. So a value in to start the season is always very welcome. It's, Gary, would you like to do yours next? And then I can sure, I can, sure. I can talk about mine. Uh, my value was in the Bundesliga. It was Hoffenheim uh, playing away at Augsburg. 4-0, uh, but I think it, you know Brilliant. two of the goals came in the last, uh, sort of 87th minute and an injury time. Uh, so it kind of flatters a wee bit, but for for just paid out, Gary. Evens. Paid, paid uh, out. Two, yeah. If they go to an, it's paid out on any any of the top leagues. Um, so yes, yeah, congratulations. Super pick, Gary. Four 0 is absolutely tremendous. Sounds like a pick I would have made that one. <laughs> um, and I rounded off the value and actually rounded it off on Sunday evening 
um, with Viking versus a Moldy. Oh, it was Viking versus Moldy. Uh, Moldy went up 2 0. This is not one of the leagues you get early payout on and proceeded to lose 3 2. Uh, this was disappointing for all involved as it let down the big, juicy six fold that uh, Andy puts on weekly uh, of the bankers and values. So Very- sad when it's the last pick as well that lets it down, having five or five in, just waiting on that. And they well, go 2 0 up. 2 0 up is the worst like, part of it. Because that was the combined for the six of them, it was 16 to one. And to get yeah. that in on, on day one would have been amazing. That gives a lot of leeway for the rest of the season. Uh, but it but it wasn't to be. Um, bloody moldy, eh? Uh, they were just absolutely, well, they, were, they weren't absolutely shite because they scored two goals. But the I watched the um, the re- so I only got to watching the game when they when they conceded their second goal. Mm. So I really didn't get to see the best of Moldy, which I'm almost certain was about thirty minutes in uh, when they gave up. The so best of, the best thing about Moldy is the author of the Harry Holler book series, Joe Nesbo, and author of the film The Snowman, Joe Nesbo, used to play professionally for them. That's it. I don't like anything else about them now. Anything else, they've been removed. But yeah, so incredibly disappointing value shout uh, and to go up 2-0 and then lose. Crap. John Walker would have cashed that out. Unfortunately, I was driving, so uh, and yeah. I don't cash And you're out. also not a shite pack, which is the... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. On to the outsiders then. Um, and this is where we try and pick something, um, a selection that the bookies have priced as an underdog. I got a good result in mine. Hiroshima versus Kobe. I took an away win, 2-1 to one for Kobe, and the game was postponed. So, nil returns. <laughs> That's a win. Yeah, I'll take that. Outside, outsider being postponed? Fine. Uh, in running competition for worst pick of the week, um, with Matt Moldy Viking, was Seta at Choli. Uh, bad, bad result. Choli went up 3-0. Yeah. Uh, and I had this game as a set win, which would have required four set goals to really have any note. Uh, they, they clawed one back in the 90th minute, then had a goal chopped off uh, in the 92nd. But the, it, there was no danger that they got anything out of that game. So uh, I am leaving that one. It wasn't game set and match. It was not, Gary. And that's some high-tier punnery right there. But what, uh, what wasn't high-tier was that pick. So really disappointing. Um, if you remember last week's episode, I, I, for my value pick, made the grave error, which I pre-admitted that picking my team of support is a terrible idea. Yep. Um, so I came off the recording, I phoned my brother, I said, uh, you'll never guess what I've done. And he said, but you know, Queen's Park have gone full time. And uh, mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought of that. And then uh, I opened up the club website to find out that the manager wasn't going to the game because he had a prior commitment. For something, <laughs> <laughs> he had the dentist. He was like, nah, 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 nah. Steve is professional football, right? You should be able to say what the prior commitment is, as opposed to hide behind prior commitment. Yeah, prior commitment means something that you're not willing to say out loud because your employer would go, "Why the fuck aren't you coming into work?" Yeah. So uh, I should never have done it. I knew I should never have done it, and I attempted it. Attempted fate. If I hadn't picked it, I'm pretty sure we'd have won. So I do apologise. <laughs> hey, Gary, it was eleven to two. Like, do you know what I mean? That's well. That's why that it was eleven needs, to two. That, that only needs to that only needs to come in fifteen percent of the time in your gravy. So yeah. you know, a lot of the time it's going to be the. We'll get them next time. Get them next time. <laughs> on to the charity treble, where we put a tenner of our own money um, on a selection from each of us as a treble, and all the proceeds go to charity if we win the bet. Uh, this week, I let down the charity early. 
um, by taking Kawasaki Frontale away at Kashiwa. And that game ended nil-nil, despite Kawasaki playing against 10 men for the last half hour. That's a, that's a golden spot. That's exactly what you want to happen. Um, but they weren't they weren't able to get a get a goal in the, the game finished nil nil and the charity bet died, which Gordon probably would have been quite happy about. Um, I mean, not happy about. Uh, in, retro, in, in hindsight, n- not really. You know, I'd, I'd have been I'd have been happier if we all got our charity picks in, which you know indicates that I didn't get my charity pick in. I took uh, Green Gamp versus Amiens uh, to be a draw. Green Gamp had drawn seven of their last eight games. Uh, couldn't do it this time uh, and gave Amiel on their first two goals of the season. So congratulations, yeah. Amiel. Uh, good to have you on the board. Uh, taking a 2-0 away win from a team. Yeah, just bad. Very bad. So uh, that was my most confident pick as well. So even when the away team went up 1-0, I was like, perfect. perfect. This, is the, this is the draw spot. 2-0. Um, so yeah, Gary, what did you round us off with? Because uh, so you were the successful. came in. However, the odds were humiliatingly low, so I can't really have too much glory. Um, I'd taken uh, RB Salzburg to win, uh, which they did with an 81-minute 1-0. Although the most interesting thing I did find out is that the team they were playing against are also uh, recently changed their name for sponsorship reasons. So the full name of the club is Flyer Alarm Admiral Wacker Modelling. Brilliant. So catchy. It just rolls off the tongue and into the heart. Um, That that was the best bit of information I got out of my picks. So, uh, yeah, one nil win. I see what you did there. You wanted wanted a banker in the charity bet so as not to be the guy who let it down. For such a low price, though, one nil is a bit dodgy. It's better than than 2-0 when you back to draw. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I'm never satisfied with just a win, Gordo. I expect more of myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That's good. I like that. But I mean, so Andy, I think this is the time to say, what do we rate Gary on his picks then? I mean, a three well, out of four I'll is tell you a how we'll rate, strong rating. Three out of four. The odds were quite low. I'll tell you what we'll do. You remember Top uh, Top Gear's uh, star in a reasonably priced car? Yes, the board. The board. We will work out a way of putting a unit stake on each one. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe we'll scale it. Maybe yeah. we'll scale it because if you bang a random outsider, that'd put you at the top of the board. So we'll maybe... Yeah. Well, maybe scale That's fair it. enough, though. If you get the odds, you get the glory. Yeah, okay. Well, but then with three picks at one to six, and then I have a, I've taken six cards and a 3 a 0 win for the away team as a boost, like a bet thing, and then cementing your legacy at a thousand to one in the outsider spot. Well, certainly, Gary, as far as this season goes, you are number one in the leaderboard of our guests. Top of the list. Top, top, of, the, of, the top list. of the list. Three out of four. So, you could say it's mine to lose. It's, it's yours to lose. It's yours to lose. But so many other people's to gain. Uh, mm-hmm. Gary, th- th- thanks very much for all the work you do. Obviously, you edit this podcast. You have to listen to the recordings. You have to go through it. You have to upload it. You have to do all this stuff. Oh, it's, it's, um, a, it's a constant slog. I yeah. Know. I know. Um, but we appreciate it. And I'm sure all our listeners appreciate it as well. And thank you very much for being the guest this week. Not um, a problem. Happy to be the, the first guest. We'll see. We'll see how next week's one does after this short break. <laughs> That takes us on to this week's picks. And for this week, we have a new guest. So Mr. Gary Black has left us and we are joined by Chris Kelly. Chris, how are you? 
Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, very well, very well, thanks. I feel we should give you the proper trampled bet introduction because obviously you're a long-standing member of the community. I'm sure a lot of the listeners will know your name from uh, from Facebook. And as Gordon just pointed out to me there, Gordon, what else is Chris? Chris is the reigning trampled bet fantasy baseball draft league champion, which obviously is a huge accolade in up to about 12 people. So <laughs> it's, it's massive in the select group that we play in. You can tell by the way how good that is. Yeah. <laughs> you're making light of it slightly there. But I think that's actually winning that is one of like my serious life ambitions. Yeah. Oh no, definitely. I, I, it what would really, you say really you, is. What would you say you've put more work into? Would you say that or perhaps other aspects of your life? Because I certainly put Oh the fantasy baseball. I just oh, really uh, really if you describe it as arsing, I whole arse. <laughs> the things there is no half arsing when it comes to the fantasy baseball. So yes, Chris, Chris was the the winner of that, and uh, yeah, a, a long time listener, first time caller um, into into this. But you know, you you may have seen his picks on the Facebook group in wrestling or women's, women's super football. league, yeah. Um, yeah. skateboarding, all yeah. yeah, all the niche sports. Uh, but he's here to to obviously bring his name into legitimacy and take on Gary with. His three out of four and his what is it? His profit. I mean, he got a, he got an even out. money. Let's call it let's call it two point one out of four. Because his charity bet was one eight. Yeah. He didn't shoot for the shoot for the hills. He he took a little stroll just down the stairs. Yeah. Anyway, Chris, before we crack on with this week's picks, any um anything you want to say by way of introduction? Any any good gambling stories, betting stories, anything relevant or of note? Um, in addition to what we've we've said already. No, just I mean, happy to be here, but it does feel like a bit of a poison chalice being invited on in week two or week three, depending on what week we're looking at. <laughs> yeah. uh, you only have to look at Rangers, Celtic, and Man City to see how difficult this is going to be. But yeah. second yeah, hopefully, week, hopefully, I've got the four runners. He does. I've got, I've got faith in you. I've seen your previous picks. I know they're good. So we'll crack on. Standard format, guys. So each of us will give you a banker pick, a value pick, an outsider pick, and then we'll round it off with our charity treble. And I'll go first with my banker this weekend, which is Saturday at 10 a.m. in the Japanese J1 League. Yokohama F. Marinos against Vigalta Sendai. And I will take the F. Marinos for a home win. At odds of two to seven. Um, pretty solid banker odds there. Uh, Yokohama have been brilliant, absolutely tremendous, despite the fact they lost their manager to Celtic. They have pushed on from that and actually narrowed the gap at the top of the table to only six points between them and Kawasaki Frontale, which is pretty damn good going considering how good Kawasaki are. Um, The last eight games for Yokohama F Marinos have been seven wins and one draw, so they're unbeaten in those last eight, the vast majority of them being wins. They won as my banker last week. They beat Oita 5-1 and they should have no trouble beating another poor team at home. This time they're playing Vigalta Sendai. They're third bottom in the league. They're only on 19 points from 24 games. Their last win came 10 games ago. Haven't won, haven't won a single game Ooh. in their last nine attempts. This is a real mismatch here of, of yeah. teams and I'm surprised at the 2-7 to seven odds because I would have thought they'd be even less. Um Probably the reason for that is Sendai have generally kept games incredibly tight and Gordo, they're probably a team you would really like the look of. So those last nine games, while they haven't won any of them. How many were draws? Six. Oh, oh, oh. they're making a team right there. And the, th- and the three they lost 
were only by a one goal margin. Yeah. So they so they keep, they tend to keep their game plan is to keep games tight. However, mm-hmm. Yokohama have been so good at free scoring of late. I don't think they'll be able to compete with them here and, and they'll just steamroll over them. Uh, Yokohama have scored two or more goals in their last six games straight, including obviously the five at the weekend. So while they try and keep games tight and have managed it against lesser teams, don't think they're going to be able to do it this time. So my bankers are Yokohama F. Marinos win on Saturday. Yeah, um, up for that, uh, considering how well they've performed in the last few weeks. I'm, uh, I'm down for that as well. Um, I am going to have a similar banker last week for me. I am taking Borussia Dortmund away at Freiburg. Um, Dortmund trucked Frankfurt at home 5-2. Uh, they lost midweek uh, to Bayern in the Super Cup, in the kind of German Super Cup thing that they do. Um, and yeah, yeah so I, I'm not really that worried about that, to be honest. Um, they play against the Freiburg team that started their campaign with an away 0-0 draw to Armenia Bielefeld. Um, <laughs> not not how you want to start your campaign. And I mean, Freiburg have been good at home. Like if if, if you look at the record, like the last five games they've won three, drawn two, and, and that included the game against Bayern, the last game of the season. But they drew against Bayern when Bayern had won the league. <laughs> it's not like you know they they could have shown anyone up at that point. Um, I think Dortmund are a good price here. Uh, you're getting them at one to two again, and mm. uh, looking at how Freiburg I mean Freiburg in the past have Freiburg in the past have beaten Dortmund when they played them at home like they, in February of of this year they, they beat them 2-0 uh, 2-1 sorry at home um, but Dortmund tend to do quite well outside of that in this fixture you know they beat prior to that they won 4-0 they won 1-0 they won 4-0 away in 2019 um, I, I like Dortmund in this spot I think they've improved massively since then as well and they'll be a real challenge this year hopefully to buy him. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to take Borussia Dortmund at 1-2 to two against Freiburg. Yes. What you got? So, to be honest, I actually had two bankers. Oh, I've good spot to be in. All day. One of my bankers was Dortmund. Ah, okay. So, so, nice to say I, I approve of your choice is, is yeah. uh, understating it. So, unfortunately, Dortmund being at 1-2 to two are fantastic odds. My banker are only 1-5. to five, And it's PSG to beat Brest on Friday. I feel Friday like the, French games. Beautiful. Yeah, I feel like the only thing I really need to say is just PSG and just leave it at that. One to five. Um, one to yeah. five, yes. I'm surprised that's not actually a hell of a lot shorter. Yes, that's why I thought it might be acceptable. Um, the point Get it in the value Brest, column. <laughs> do you know what? You laugh about that, but I think that is incredible value because Brest, Gordon, you know the French leagues. They're not one of the top oh. teams. They were one point away from the relegation zone last year. You know what I mean? Like, they're not fantastic. And the reason I think the odds might not be that great is they've started off with two pretty decent 1-1 draws against strong competition. Yeah, Leon and Ron were the two the two teams that they, they drew with. So, However, yeah. the Ron game, they got a 91st minute equaliser. Yeah. And the Leon game, if you actually watch that game, it could have been three goals to either team. Brest yeah. attacking... Work fantastic. Their defence, terrible. And I think PSG are just going to tear them apart. Well, last two times, have some yeah. pretty, pretty good strikers and um, attacking midfield players, if I've, if I've been watching the transfer activity correctly. Yeah. I, um, I, I hear they're good in that department. <laughs> but the thing as well, although um, everybody seems to agree that Messi's not going to start for another week, he's been doing really well in training, so I think he might even come off the bench. Ah, cool. Which, that when you're good. talking about having Messi coming off your bench, playing against a team as bad as Brest, 
Yeah, that's they're not they're not looking at their bench and going, do we have <laughs> one of the greatest players of all time? Just probably some nineteen year old academy Aye. prospect they're bringing to, on to use to use parlance that we're all very familiar with. Um, the wins above replacement on Paris Saint Germain's bench yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. will be a lot bigger than the negative ones on Brest's bench. <laughs> yeah, but even without them, I think PSG have got this easily. I mean, they've beaten them last two times. They've, the last two times that Brest have paid PSG have been uh, at home, uh, just the way it's worked out. And that was in the cup and in the league. And they lost 2 0 and 3 0 on those occasions. And that was out with without you know Gini Wijnaldum, Sergio Ramos, Messi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I like it, Chris. I like it a lot. I like it too. So that wraps up the three banker bets onto the value picks. Um so the odds will be slightly bigger for these ones and it's where we think there's some some value to be found around the even money mark generally. And my pick is on Sunday at noon in the Scottish Premiership and it is an even money pick. I'm going to take Hibernian to beat Dundee FC. So Hibs away from home at Dens Park. Uh, it's early days in the Scottish Premiership. Hibs, though, are top of the table through two games. Wins against both Motherwell and Ross County in the league. And Kilmarnock, a good win against Kilmarnock in the Cup last weekend. Dundee, one of the newly promoted teams to the division. And while they managed to beat Motherwell 1-0 in the Cup most recently, they absolutely destroyed 6-0 by Celtic the week before. And I think the frailties of that team, especially defensively, were on show for everyone there. Um, their other home game was an uninspiring 2-2 draw with St Mirren. So I think Dundee are going to be a bottom six team this year. I think Hibs, you can nail it on. They're going to be a top six team this year. They've won the last three meetings of the side, scoring eight goals and conceding two in the process. So at even money, very happy to include that in coupons and take a single on it. Yeah. And they just reconfirmed the signing of uh, Boyle today, I think. They did. Yeah. Because there was a lot of there was a lot of speculation, certainly between Don's fans, that he would go Aberdeen. Yeah, it's didn't. I mean, if you look at Dundee haven't improved when they came up. They haven't they haven't went, right, we're coming up, we need to the squad needs to be better. They've kind of went, fuck it, let's let's see how this squad gets on. And they'll probably scrape to not being relegated. I think they'll do okay. Yeah. But not again, Hibs are, a, you're not going to like this, Gordon, because, you know, you don't like keeping praise on your own team in case it jinxes stuff. Yep. But I think Hibs will be a top tier team this year. They'll be top yeah, four. Definitely. Definitely. I very much hope so. But I will swiftly move us on purely because I don't want to jinx us <laughs> even more. Uh, <laughs> To talk about a tale of two teams in France. Uh, this is on Saturday at 2pm. This is last week's surprise bonus tip. Dijon versus Toulouse. Uh, Dijon lost the game that, you know, I backed Covili Rouen to beat them. They won 2-1. That was the kind of wee tip at the end. Tale of two teams for two reasons. The first of which is Toulouse won their last four, well, one out of the last five games, they've won four and drawn one. Dijon have drawn one and lost four. So a very stark contrast between the two. If you've been following this podcast for a while, you'll know that Dijon are the absolute whipping boys of France. Like they've been so rank uh, to start this season. They got they, they obviously were in League One last league last year. They're down to League Two. They are terrible. Like they managed to scrape a one-one draw with uh, Rodé and and they were rubbish for it if you watch the highlights for it they've lost their other three games they've played um, in the league so far a 2-1 loss to Cavalli uh, Rion a 2-1 loss to Nimes, a 3-1 loss to Sochaux now 
Put that against Toulouse, who are joint top of the league uh, with 10 points from four games, scored eight, conceded two. I like Toulouse here in this this away spot, and you'll get them at the rather spicy odds for me of nine to 10 or 10 to 11 if you go to William Hill. So I like Toulouse here. I'm a big fan of backing against Dijon. Yeah, to me, that seems like the best of picks and the worst of picks. And why is... it's the opening line to a tale of two cities. Oh, is it? Which, right, is, okay. which, is, which is which is what you were was, was my, what you were my, going with, which was your intro, and then you mentioned it again. So yeah. any high any high brow listeners might have got that. They might have. Uh, they Gordon might. just knows the Gordon just knows the title of things. No, I also I, know I the over with the humor. Just thinking, it's it's funny on this podcast saying I like to lose. Like yes, to, that's it. You do. <laughs> my picks. I like to lose. I like to lose. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, my I understanding is solid. Yeah, my understanding so. should be that Dijon lose this one. But Kelly, what have you got for us in the uh, in the value column? Something no value, of similar I'm, space? I'm also in Scotland. Uh, oh! Going down to the Championship. Uh, I've got Kilmarnock to beat Hamilton on Saturday at 17-20. to 20. Um, Reason being, uh, Kilmarnock have just been relegated. And I think in the last three years, uh, the team that has been relegated from the Premiership has went on to win the Championship. Kilmarnock are heavy favourites. Although Hamilton have just been relegated as well, they are nowhere on Kilmarnock's level so far. Kilmarnock have two wins from two games. Hamilton have one loss to Greenock, where they had more shots, more possession and more corners and still managed to lose. And then they had that crazy game against Rafe Rovers, where they ended up 4-0 down at one point to come back and win 4-4, which... Yeah, the comeback sounds great, but how do you get down 4-0 to Rafe Rovers to begin yeah. with? Um, last year, the two teams played four times. Kilmarnock won three of those games, including one where they had a man sent off in the first half hour. And the only time they could beat by Hamilton was again when they had a man sent off within the first half hour. So, bad in a couple of red cards, I think Kilmarnock got this one. Nice. I like I like the pick. And in, in last season, certainly, I think John Walker might have told you to fuck off with this pick. <laughs> yeah. Because Hamilton ruined us on several occasions just by Hamilton Kilmarnock. Ruined, ruined us. Yeah. Yeah. Hamilton Kilmarnock specifically. It's one of those games that's been on a previous blacklist, but I'm glad to have it back because well, it's, it's, it's a different week. It's sound. a different year. Yeah. It's, it's a not different definitely. person. <laughs> exactly. I like it. I you know I Kilmarnock weren't. Yeah, although we beat them in the cup, you know, uh, uh, we're, as Andy and yourself have said, probably going to be up there, you know, around Aberdeen and, and hopefully yeah. the old firm um, if they can keep fucking about. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, and, and Hamilton are, oh, just I'm glad they're in the championship. Like they are the absolute toilet of, of Scottish football. That's unfair. No, they're I not. Mean, I, I, I quite just, like, Hamilton for geographical convenience for away days. It was quite nice having a game that was really easy to get to for me because I go to all the, the Dundee United games home and away. So was it, that was, was it that was all right. It was, was it worth uh, it any game's worth it if you win. Yeah, <laughs> and you're playing yeah. Hamilton, so you're 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 more than likely to. Uh, I like the pick, Kelly. I like it a lot. Anyway. <laughs> Onto the outsider picks. This is where we'll try and give you something that the bookies have priced as an underdog. Um, and we think actually has a chance of coming in. And as a result, as a result, the odds are a wee bit bigger. I tend to put our three outsider picks on as a tricksy. So that if two come in, I get quite a decent return. And if all three come in, then 
happy, happy days um, rather than a straight-up treble just because of the odds we're playing at. You know, you can't expect these to come in with that much regularity. I'm starting us off in Saturday, uh, 5pm UK time in the Danish Superliga, which is now only five games into it. Um, Odense versus Brøndby. Uh, Brøndby, of course, a, a team from Copenhagen. And I'm going to take Brøndby to win at odds of 21 to 10. So you're getting better than 2 to 1 for this. And, well, one of the reasons is this season, albeit only five games in, has not gone well for Brondby so far. They only have three points from five matches. However, Onze haven't really been much better. They only have five points from their five games as well. So Onze have played two home games, only managed a point at home, while Brondby have picked up two points from their three away games, which suggests that they maybe travel slightly better just now than they're, than they're playing at home. Head-to-head-wise, you have to go back nine occurrences to find the last time that Odense beat Bromby, and that was um, at the beginning of 2019. Since then, they've played each other eight times. Bromby have won six of those, and the other two have been draws. So I think over two to one is a really good price for the team that really has the beating of the other in the recent historical record. And while they've both had a difficult start to the season, um, I would say they're about much of a muchness. So I'd probably price them more similarly, rather than having Odense as the favourite and Brondby as the as the underdogs. So 21 to 10 is big enough for me here to to have it in the outsider column. Yeah. yeah. Are Brondby not the defending champions as well? Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah. Of the of the Danish Superliga, yeah. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder what's happened to like start off so poorly. Do you think it's just like the early season jitters? Early season-ness? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean... If, the Danish Super Leagues are really weird. It's, it's got a split in it, like the Scottish Premiership has. Um, so the, the games at the end, you all play against each other and it can get really tight. And if you start going on a little bit of a bit of a losing run, it can be really, really hard to get out of it. Um, so the Danish Super League, no, Bromby, Bromby were Bromby were 10th. Oh no, that, they're 10th just now. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to pull up the league, see how many points they were away from Mitchelland at the end of it. But uh I'll, I'll find that I'll find that information out later, Chris. I mean, I like I, the pick. I, I like your pick as well because it's if you had it transcribed this to the Swedish league, I think I've got like almost the exact same pick. Um, and this is two teams where you think, mm, why are you pricing one at five to two and the other one, you know, around even money? And this is a. Uh, Varnamo, IFK Varnamo versus Landskrona, and this is the Swedish second division. Now, the Super Etan is 17 games in, so there's a really good sample size of, of games to pull, pull from. And after the, um, you know, well, 16 games in, this is game week 17 coming up. Um, after 16 games, Landskrona are top of the league on 31 points. Varnamo are in fourth on 30 points. There are two teams, there are four teams within one point of each other at the top of the league uh, and Lance Krona are uh, currently topping it. Um, Now, Lance Krona have been very good at home. They're playing this game away, however. Um, Lance Krona have got scored 27 goals this season and conceded only 17. Varnamo have scored 18 and uh, conceded 11. So they're both, you know, well in the the excess for their goals scored in there. You're going to get Lanskrona at 5-2 to two here, and I like them at this spot for a couple of reasons. The first one is, the last two games Varnamo have played, they've lost 2-0 to um, Sundsvall, and Sundsvall are on 26 points, so they're, they're, they're below Lanskrona, and they drew with AFC L6 Stuna, who are the worst team in the league form-wise, and they're also the worst team in the league um, 
for for betting wise because they they regularly fuck me on uh, on Swedish coupons that I have on. Um, but Elsystone are not good. They're 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 one of these teams that like their their form over the last their their, their form over like the season is just constantly like, draw to loss, draw to loss. They're Hamilton basically is is how I'm describing it. Um, but I like Landskrona in this spot. You're going to get them at five to two. Um, they you know they, they've won. They've won key games, is, is what I'm getting from it here. Um, they beat Sunsval 2-0. Farnamo lost 2-0 to Sunsval. Um, and I'm quite happy to take them here in this spot at 5-2. to two. They don't travel as well as some of the other teams in here, that's why. But if you give me two teams that are one point apart and one team at 5-2, to two, I'm going to take the team at 5-2. to two. Um, And that's that's what I'm taking from my away shot, uh, my outsider shot. Good. I like it. Good price as well. Um, yeah. Two teams that seem reasonably similarly matched. Chris, to answer your question, I've just pulled up the, the Superliga table and they won it by one point from Mitchelland last year. Yeah, so the defending champions, I Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a good pick. On to you, Mr. Kelly. What do you what have we got for your outsider pick? So um being again unadventurous and staying at home for the outsider because I just couldn't pass up on these odds. Um on Sunday. You have Aberdeen to beat Harps at 12 to 5. Love it. Don't have to say any more. That's it. <laughs> Anything in beating Harps. Yeah, I don't understand the odds. The only thing I can think is that I believe Aberdeen are playing in Europe tomorrow, whereas Harps have had like a whole week to rest. But other than that, first two games of the season, they've both won. They've both scored four goals. Aberdeen's only conceded one, Harps have conceded two. Um, so they should be a lot closer than that. Also, if you actually watched the Hearts games, uh, don't know why you put yourself through that, but if you did, <laughs> um, they're goal scorers, right? You had John Souter scoring against Celtic, who scored, I think, two or three goals in over 100 Defender. games. Yeah. And as much as I'm going to show my biases here, I do love Andy Halliday, who scored, but he's not a prolific scorer either. These aren't the type of guys that you build like a season winning squad around. Whereas Aberdeen, I think, just look a lot stronger this year with the guys they have signed, uh, the guys that are scoring. Uh, Ramirez is just getting assists everywhere. Um, they just seem like the stronger team. So I don't understand why they're underdogs. And I don't understand why they're so the odds are so heavy either. So yeah, I mean, uh, having watched, I mean, Hearts obviously got that big result against Celtic, but mm. apart from that, they kind of fell away. I mean, so I. Yeah, happy to, anytime you could pick anyone to beat Hearts, and I'd be quite happy <laughs> with it, Kelly. So it's an unfair bias there, but I like the odds. The, the thing I is, like with the this, with this whole like start of the season madness, it's just reminded me too much of like the 2018 19 season where Hearts had a good start to the season, including beating Celtic, and then ended mm-hmm. up speaking about splits, they ended up in sixth place with less points than seventh place. Yeah. Thanks to the Scottish system, so it's league, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just getting flashbacks to this season, and I'm like, the downfall starts here. Yeah, good to pinpoint it early. <laughs> On to our charity pick. So one selection each from the three of us. Combine it as a treble. Tenor of our own money on it. Any profits from that, including the state. Um, so not just profits. Uh, any returns from that go to a charity of our choosing. I think I'm kicking this off. Uh, 
in terms of chronological order because my game is Saturday morning at 11am in the Japanese J-League. Couldn't stay away for, for that long. I went to Denmark and Scotland, so I needed to come back. <laughs> back uh, back. Um, Hiroshima versus Kawasaki Frontale. No surprise, I'll take top of the table Kawasaki for an away win. At odds of 5-7. to seven. So they lead the league by six points now with 62 points from 24 games played. Hiroshima are a mid-table team, well, slightly slightly worse than that. They're in 11th place with 31 points from 31 games. Kawasaki have won this fixture two of the last three times the clubs have met, the scores being 5-1 win for Kawasaki, a 0-2 win for Kawasaki away from home, and then a one-each draw earlier in the season in a match that Kawasaki absolutely dominated. 22 goal attempts for them to Hiroshima's six. So I fancy after a draw last week, Kawasaki will be keen to get back on the winning train, especially since they're getting a wee bit of pressure now from second place Yokohama F. Marinos. And this is a game that they will be confident in doing so, having had a very good head-to-head record against Hiroshima. So Kawasaki at five to seven. Anything you back the front tail, I've got no qualms with it. Um, I take us, well, this might be chronological because as your game finishes, it comes to a close, probably about 1pm, I'd imagine. You've got a wee hour and a half to rest yourself up and bring us back into VFL Bochum versus Mainz, which will be live on some channel. Um, Definitely not BT Sport because there's so many more interesting games on than this. However, for the interest of the podcast, I think this is a pretty, pretty good shout here. I'm going to take the X2 line and shite bag it out um, Mm -hmm. with with one to two here. Uh, Mainz started the season fantastically with their first game in beating RB Leipzig 1-0, which is a brilliant start to the season. Contrast that with VFL uh, Bochum, who are just recently promoted. They lost 1-0 to Wolfsburg. But uh, I'd like you to take you through their their pre-season and their cup forays so far. They had to go through in penalties against Wuppertaler, they're in the German fourth division, um, the Regionala West. Uh, they lost to Utrecht. They lost to Vitesse. They beat Parma and they beat Dortmund. So they started off very decent at the end of yeah. uh, at the, that. And then they just completely capitulated into uh, yeah, losing their first game of the season. Now, Mainz are going to be high on the fact that they came out of that game last uh last week uh, with a brilliant result in beating um, RB Leipzig here. Mm. The head-to-head with these teams can't really be taken too seriously considering they've been not many divisions, uh, they've been kind of divisions apart for a little while. But if you are interested in it, in 2009 they won 3-2, in 2007 they won 1-0, in 2000 five, they won six, two. I don't know how so much we can read into that. They won their last three games. They've played away at VFL Bochum. Um, so if you're interested in games from 12 years ago as how part many, of your... How many players or members of staff do you think were there and now are, are going back? I think there's a chance that Klopp was managing them then. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. But um, yeah, I, I think Mainz... I think Mainz will actually probably go on and win this game. Um, but for this interest of charity, I'll go. I'll go um, X two here, um, and and hopefully get us off to a, a charity flyer. So Kelly, how? Please tell me your game is chronologically after mine. Well, uh, the thing is, depending on how your game is going, you might have to switch to mine at half. Ah, right. Okay. Good. Ah. Half past three. Right. Okay. Um, we're gonna go to the Dutch Eerste Divisie. Yeah. Uh, our kind of Championship week. Um, and controversially, this isn't a win, lose, or draw pick. This is uh, both teams to score. Ooh, oh, right. Um, 
you have VVV Venlo versus Almere City, and I'm going for both teams to score at four to nine. Okay. Um, the reason being, I love this league. I don't know if you have ever looked into uh, placed any mad bets on it. Uh, there are goals galore, and every team gets like five corners per game. It's <laughs> total madness for those type of bets. Um, there's also a lot of value if you look into the division on uh, the underdog winning and both teams to score. I believe three out of the 10 games last week, it was the underdog that won uh, with both teams scoring. Um, week one, you had six of the 10 games, both teams scored, with uh, VVV getting a two each and Almere City getting a 2-1. Week two, you had eight of the 10 games, both teams scoring, with VVV getting a 2-1 and Almere City with a one each draw. BVV's last five games have all both teams to score and Almere City's six of the last seven have been both teams to score. To be honest, I'd have had this as my banker, but yeah. I know if historically the charity tends to fall apart on one bet. Gordon? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I figured I'd take out of the banker column and put it into the charity and try and help uh, the Trixies and what have you. Nice yeah. one. Yeah, I like the pick, Chris. And to answer your question, long, long-term listeners will know um, maybe, what, three years ago, we went through a period of following Isolmere vocals on their hot, hot run. Yes. Uh, where they were a, they were a regular fix, uh, fixture of the Trample Bet podcast. So uh, we have been to the Netherlands before, but not for a while. But yeah, so that's, that's I mean, it's like, I'm dead happy with that pick. Uh, you're right. And I mean, for, for listeners that don't really know, all three of us play uh, baseball for the Glasgow Comets. And I have seen Chris checking his phone during innings looking for, for goals in Holland. So it's a market he, he knows well. And uh, yeah, if, if he wasn't up to bat, he'd be looking at it more. So um, it's, I'm, you know, it'll be a good pick in there, and I, I hope to see it one each after six minutes. That would be great. Yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah, and who cares who wins? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't personally. <laughs> Just lie, lie back and relax with that sweet, sweet charity money in the bag. That's the picks for this week. Obviously, we uh, this is the this is the main podcast uh, on the Sports Social Network. However, we have a Patreon channel. If you download the Patreon app, you can search for Trample Bet Podcast and become a member of the Trample Bet Club. It really helps us out, guys. It's £5.50 a month. Um, that obviously goes towards our costs of, of, of running the show um, and, and all the costs associated with that. And we really do appreciate it. But in return, you get some extra cool stuff. Uh, you get access to this very podcast as a video recording, um, an uncut, super-length video <laughs> recording where you see us messing around in the middle, um, bringing Chris in and booting Gary out, um, and all the chit-chat that goes around it. You also get that earlier than the, the release of the official podcast on the Sports Social Network. You get all our extra content. So midweek podcasts can be about UFC, can be about the big golf events, darts, horse racing, wrestling, you name it. We probably cover it. Um, and we also get a cheat sheet with all the picks from this week's podcast written down. Um, and we post that uh, at some time on a Thursday or Friday. So you don't need to sit with a pen and paper and go through all the picks and, and write them down. You've got it in a handy JPEG straight up on your phone or on the Patreon website. So if you fancy joining us, that would be superb. Um, we also kicked off a couple of competitions, the Trample Bet Fantasy Football League and the Trample Bet Fantasy Football Draft League, which is, in my opinion, is is the serious competition. Um, mainly because in the points league, I made a right arse of it this week. I uh, had Fernandez in my team. I took him out 
so that I could put Lukaku in the team after game week one and use one free transfer. And of course, Fernandez is the, the highest point scorer across the entire game in game week one. So I already have like a 50 point deficit. Great. How did you get on, Chris? Um, I'm not in the fantasy. Oh, you stick no. stick stick only to baseball. I like it. And that's uh, probably no, well, the thing is, I do play fantasy football, but not. I don't pay enough attention to the English games. Uh, it should be noted that my Hearts getting beat by Aberdeen pick has nothing to do with me dropping both John Souter and Andy Halliday <laughs> uh, <laughs> two weeks in a row. Uh, that did not come into it, but no, um, English fantasy football, I, I just don't keep up with the league enough. And, um, Especially with, I think, yeah, I think in the trampled bet fantasy baseball, we're coming to the end. I think there's five game weeks left. I've taken three losses in a row, having previously yeah, been and, first. And you're against me this week, so and I am against you this week. <laughs> well, I, do you know what? It really might be four in a row because well, I, I picked up, close. I picked up a really good picture last night, so I'm now within one and a half points of you. Yeah, I saw that you, you streamed one guy, Kansas City Royals pitcher, and somehow against the Astros managed to to gain over 20 points. Um, yeah. So yeah, four L's in a row and I'm, I'm looking like I might miss the playoffs. So I, I really need it this week. <laughs> concerning, concerning. I mean, considering the effort you put in and the, it's just sometimes the, the, the streaming luck you get just it's doesn't. Injuries. It's injuries have done me this season. I've just had to drop another guy off the IL there uh, before mm-hmm. this podcast started to pick up a replacement for Reese Hoskins, who's the first baseman for the Phillies that's gone on the IL. Just getting, just getting hammered by injuries. So hopefully, I can hopefully I can see through it and um, make the playoffs. And good luck to both of you too. Obviously, well, that, I've got to say it. You'll be happy to hear that Rich Hill has been terrible since you traded him to me. So <laughs> got me two <laughs> points on Monday. Um, to be fair, I had a guy go minus eight two nights ago. So two points instead of that would have been very welcome for me. Well, that's the podcast. Thanks very much to everyone for listening and we'll be back next week and we'll have you back, Chris, uh, as a guest in the first half of the show to face up to your, either face up to your picks or to gloat about a tremendous uh, four out of four winning week and I hope it's the latter. (laughs) Ideal. Have a great weekend, everyone. Happy hunting. Bye. Cheers. See ya. The Trample Bet Podcast is produced by John Walker and Gary Black, part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Find the next show you'll love at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.